and I'm sitting here with Susan Patterson. Yay, Susan! <laughs> so Susan and I are friends, and we've been friends for a few years now, right? Three, actually. Three years? Yeah, okay. it will be in the fall, I think. Well, we met at a meeting, Yes. and I liked her. And, and you asked me to be your friend. And I asked you to be my friend. We went out for coffee. We did. And that was the coolest thing, because no one's ever asked me to be their friend before. And so I think that there was a bit of a, it was, it was an acknowledgement to me. Mm-hmm. And it was a commitment to you. Wow. Well, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. You know, I've only asked a couple of people in my life to be friends. And they were... Now, do you know how I came about that? No. So there was one course that I was doing. And after, after the session, uh, my friend and I went out. And we were talking about how, you know, when you're a kid, four or five years old, you don't think twice about asking somebody to be your friend, right? Little kids seem to... I don't know, either assume it or ask if they can be your friend or if you'll be my friend. At least that's our our interpretation as two single women with no kids. (laughs) (laughs) So Gail said to me, I think I'm... Would you be my friend? And I said, yeah, I'll be your friend. And so I thought that was actually quite cool. And then I forgot about it. And so years later, I was at a festival in Kingston. And the woman I knew who was running it, I really liked her. And I said, would you be my friend? So her, I've asked, and you. It's not like I don't want to have other people as friends. It was just I wanted to fast forward the process. The process. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how that came about. So well, yeah, I, I'm sitting here trying to think if I ever asked. You know, I I probably did as a kid ask people to be my friends. Yeah. And I remember in when I grew up and I was very young and it was my best friend was Jane Hill. Yeah. And I. I think that we became friends because our parents were friends. Yeah, I I don't remember, actually remember asking someone. I have to say out loud that probably the friends that I picked were fun, spontaneous, and had neat stuff in their house that was different (laughs) from my house. When you were a kid? Yeah. (laughs) So I can't remember what Jane had to offer. There was a friend that I had in Sudbury who was Nancy Mossop, and she had the best peanut butter sandwiches going. Okay. So it was just really kind of, yeah, I remember Nancy having peanut butter. Sandra Buttazzoni had a really cool house, and we used to have parties there. Yeah. Lori Pearsall, what did she bring to the table? I think I just really liked Lori because we were very connected, and I didn't I didn't understand that when mm-hmm. I was when I was a child. And just even in extending that, I babysat at houses that offered probably good food <laughs> and snacks. It's always a qualifier, yeah, right? It's yeah, it's always a qualifier. Yeah, sure, I'll take care of your kids. What do you got? Make sure the cupboards are stocked. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. I don't ever remember when I was 10 or 12, there was just an assumption that they were friends, I think, on my end. I might have asked when I was a kid. Maybe that's just a fallacy on my part, but I know I like doing it now as an adult when I want to fast forward something. Well, it's interesting. I don't remember phoning my friends. Mm. Um, it was just, how did we set that up? I usually went to their house. Mm. Yeah. So I, I would absolutely say that hardly ever when I was very young, that people came to my house 
And there it is. <laughs> yeah, people didn't come to my house, and I wonder what that was about. I was the youngest, and maybe there was just always things going on at my house. But So how old is, you're the youngest, who's the next? Is it Jim? Jim. And how old, much older is he? 13 months older. Okay, and, so. And I, then seven years is my sister, and nine years is my brother, older okay. than I am. So okay. it was kind of like two different families. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm eight years older than my sister, Kathy, mm -hmm. and uh, only 18 months younger than Ron, mm -hmm. and six years younger than Bob. But between Bob and Kath, that's like 14 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I remember Ron and I always fighting. <laughs> You know, we we're that close in age. And yeah, Jim and I were, and maybe it was because we were uh, male and female. Mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't see a lot of fighting going on as much as, I mean, check in with my mom. But um, <laughs> I didn't see as much fighting going on as much as we were really good friends. We just, you know, he had really cute yes. friends. Yes. So I kind of like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't know why he hung around with me. I know Ron and I hung around too. Well, don't forget, you probably had cute friends too, right? Yeah. So his friends wanted to get to know the younger sister's friends. Yeah. There's that too. But yeah, Ron and I hung around too. We had similar friends for a while. I had that worked, but Bob was always an enigma to me because he's six years older is a lot. Like when you're 12, he's 18, right? Yeah. Often doing his own thing and at 16. So yeah. And then Kath was the baby. Yeah. My mothering instincts came out then. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> there you go. Thanks for doing this this testing of this podcast. So I decided, I think you know that I decided I wanted to do this a long time ago. I wanted to do this probably back in 2014. I want to do a podcast, but I never knew why I wanted to do it. It was probably a little bit of attention seeking, but now I want to do it because I just, because I've had breast cancer, because I've gone through depression, because I have gone through a little bit of homelessness. I don't know how you go through a little bit of homelessness, but I was unsettled as far as a place to live for about two or three years. I just want to share the story and talk to people who are going through it. One of the things I want to do is talk to some of the women I know through Hope Springs, which was a cancer support group. And uh, so I'm going to do something on here called Breast Friends. Mm, and I just, love that. Yeah, with my Dragon Boat team, because you know, I'm on a Dragon Boat team. Going to New Zealand in 2020. I'm going with You're you. coming with yes. me. Yes, this is great. I'm excited about that. So I want—I just want to chat about it, not from a, a woe is us perspective, but wow, we've gone through this and we've survived it and we're thriving. Yeah, I think too that it supports yes. uh, having this just to let other people know, because I think you're going to be honest. Yeah. And I think you're going to let people know that, yeah, it, you know, there's parts of this that suck. And you have a lot of information to share. I am a sharer of information also. And I think that I just get excited about sharing information that, that, that I've already gone through to tell other people that, yeah, this is maybe normal and not. And maybe. not. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to know. Because yeah. one of the things I find is that I'm a lot of the, the people, a lot of my friends, even a lot of my family are very sort of seekers. They're like looking to be better, let go of old thoughts, behaviors, and just to enhance who they are. Do you find that your family 
is willing to do that? Some of them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But a lot of friends, a lot of people that I have in my life are like, like you, I find that you're always looking at being, finding qualities of yourself that you want to surrender or temper just to be a better person. Yes. Like, because you and I are both on that journey. And I find that because I have a lot of that in my life, I don't know, I'm kind of isolated as to the rest of the world. And it surprises me when people aren't that way. Absolutely. But I think we're at the stage of our life now that we are attracting people who are like-minded like we are. Yes. We don't have to struggle anymore with, you know, maybe the people that I am struggling with are... And I can't say that. I gotta say, my family's pretty. Um, they they look at their potential. They look at their moving forward. They all of them believe in law of attraction. Yes. And most of them practice it. I think I would like to say that I got two would be an attraction because the old way doesn't work. No. I am struggling with only me being in a situation and bringing up an old belief, mm-hmm. thinking that that's how I'm going to react in this situation, and it doesn't work anymore. Right. I keep on forgetting that what I know is moving me forward, and I don't have to bring up the old stuff, the old stuff anymore. Yeah. And I believe that it's an expectation on me. I think that I have the expectation that I need to act like that. Yes, me too. And it's hard to shift. I seem to be okay in a work, meeting old friends or something. Family, for some reason, I go back to my old insecurities and stuff. So I find that interesting. Yesterday was the 50th anniversary of the moon landing. Oh, yeah. My brother, my oldest brother, got married that weekend, and it brought up a lot of memories of 50 years ago. So 50 years ago, I was 15. I was really aware of how I acted at 15 to get the attention I thought I needed within the family. It was just, it was a really interesting weekend for me. Were you in the wedding party? No, it was... Yeah, I was thinking of that too, that those poor guys, they they probably forgot about me. Then at the very last moment, it seems to me, mm-hmm. like the week before or something, they asked me to make sure that everybody signed the guest book. And that was my job. And I thought, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I really had a great dress on. It was pink flowers on a white dress. I remember that dress. Isn't that funny? So you're retired now? Yes. And you've been retired, what, a year, year and a half now? Yeah. Now, so you've started something new, though. So what I believe is that you have to retire to something. I've taken it, like usually I do, to a, a bit of an extreme in the sense that I've retired to three jobs. They're passionate and, and they're balanced. One is I'm a consultant and with my brother who works uh, with me at my company, we put on retirement workshops. Once the money is handled, it's based on personality and it just helps people. It's that experiential thing again. Okay. Yeah. I found that when I was working 
that a lot of people that I was uh, I knew at the time didn't know what they were going to retire to. Okay. And I think that both my brother and I are are walking the talk. We're retiring to something. So one is the consulting. The second one is I'm wedding officiant, an officiant that gives also not only weddings but passages of rites of passages, mm-hmm. uh, funerals, baby namings, uh, baby dedications. And weddings. Yeah. And my third job is knitting. And I have a company called Rhapsody. I knit for, I had an opportunity to knit sweaters for dogs last year. Yeah. I knit gender babies and kids. And I also have a lot of experimental knitting going on with shawls and I think I need to bring it up to another step where I I, I need to look at um, selling my wares. So the cool (laughs) thing is, is that I can decide when I need to do all this stuff. With the weddings, I'm on a schedule. With the funerals, you're, it is, and baby namings, you're on a schedule. So actually with the knitting, I'm on a schedule also in the sense that I have, you know, I have someone who is paying me for my services. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so actually all of them are on a schedule. And I choose the schedule that I'm going to be on. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I can do the balance is the maybe the relaxing. The, The balance is to not work so hard. The balance is to do stuff for myself. So is the knitting something, is that meditative for you? It's very meditative. It is. Yes. And I think that that's what I mean about passion. Knitting a shawl, for instance. I did a prayer shawl for a a friend of mine whose mother was in hospice, and I wanted to do the prayer shawl for her mother. So there was a schedule to get that done. Mm -hmm. Also, it was very meditative for me to put my heart and soul into it. Just, it was very relaxing. So it didn't seem stressful to get that done. Now, when you do a prayer shawl, do you recite prayers? Do you put, like, just think of a person or love, whatever it is? All that. All that. Okay. I think that if it is body, spirit, and soul, I kind of like the Trinity, mind, spirit, and body, uh, you know, or... Just think of the person mm-hmm. that, that you are knitting for. Even if I haven't even met them, I know of them. Think of them and put my heart and soul into right. the into the knitting, into that's, the stitches. That's lovely. I know. That's it really is lovely. The best job. Really? Yeah. And yeah. how did you do with your, your doggy sweaters? Because I saw pictures of them and they were gorgeous. Yeah, I, I and I learned a lot. Okay. You know, don't tell the the person who bought them, but there was a lot of experimenting going on <laughs> with the dog sweaters. We'll make sure this doesn't yes. get out to them. This podcast doesn't Perfect. get out. <laughs> so under Rhapsody, um, the reason why I called it Rhapsody is because I am not a big seam person. So when I get the sweaters and stuff like that, I, you know, I do not do well. That is not a skill that is excellent on my part. Mm-hmm. So wrap means wrapping yourself. So wrapping in a shawl, wrapping in a sock because there's no seams in socks, right. wrapping in mitts because there's no seams in mitts, anything, hats, there, you know, okay. there is no seams. It's, it's, yeah. So I have Rhapsody for kids 
and the dogs I made, I wrapped them in dog sweaters. There were no seams. There were no seams. Mm -hmm. They were beautiful. And oh, you had you. different sizes, right? Yes. Small, like, did small, you Small, medium, large, and extra small. And extra small, yeah. not extra large. Not no. like for a Great Dane or anything right. like that. Yeah. <laughs> that would be probably, I would want to measure okay. uh, an extra Bigger large dog. dog. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, probably need custom or yes, customization absolutely. on that one. Right? Yeah. yeah, And that's what I learned when I was doing the sweaters. I, I got a lot of books and I, from the library, bought some books online and I learned how to measure a dog. Yeah, yeah great. I've also made a hat for my little cat Wally. Oh, yeah. Did he wear it? He did. He did. Christmas. <laughs> it was a Christmas hat. <laughs> I can't imagine a cat wearing a hat. <laughs> Wally, Wally just knew he shouldn't fight with. It. Just do it, get it over with, and move on. So he did. He did. I think yeah. he posted a picture of it. Right? I think yeah, he did. Yeah. Cute. <laughs> So I'm curious too about your SPG. Yes. So you do that with with Brian. Yes. With Brian. Yes. And, my brother. And so how did you come about that? What made you do? Because I know in your career you have been. I'm, I'm going to use the word counselor. I don't know if that's the right word or not, but sort of a a guide to help people get back into the workforce, right? Yeah. And so I was married to. A man who moved a lot every two years, actually, to get ahead in his career. Mm -hmm. You had to actually move locations. So we got to a community called Hanover. So what I brought to the table was, is I, every two years, I had to look for another job. Basically, not start over again, but you name it, I probably did it. Mm -hmm. I remember when I graduated from university, my first job was in Listowel, Ontario, and I was a waitress. Okay. And actually, what a lot of skills you learn yeah. being a waitress. From there, I went to, they used to, it was called Photomat, and they used to have these little huts. In parking lots. Yes, I remember yeah. those. Yeah, I was a I was a photomat person. Were you? Okay. Yes, in Westwall, and then from there I went to Jackson Motors. I don't even know if they they exist anymore. And I used to do their after care service to see how the service was, and then and then it went from there. I usually had in a two year period at, at least one or two jobs. Okay. And I was it, I was motivated by what I didn't like as rather than what I did like because the sky was the limit. I just knew what I didn't want to do. So once I got to Hanover, we stayed there for five years, and I actually worked for the Y Employment Services as an employment counselor. Okay. When I was there, I took a workshop called True Colors. And it was such an aha moment for me that I decided that I was going to, I would really like to teach other people. It was based on personality. The premise was Myers-Briggs, which okay. is the personality types. Right. This was more of a temperament assessment. And I wanted to have people experience the aha moment that I had. Mm -hmm. So at that point, I decided to go into training. And because of our 
moving around, mm -hmm. I decided that I was going to buy the training myself and, and not utilize a company to buy the training because I wanted to be that person. Hence, I opened SPG Consulting. And SPG Consulting bought all the training. Okay. And SPG Consulting went on to provide workshops to companies. I did probably about four or five workshops a year just to keep my, you know, in team building conflict resolution. My daughter and I just did a marriage course because she too is an officiant. Yes. And we thought that uh, a marriage course based on the principles of true colors would be good for people who were hitching up. <laughs> and recently I have gone, True Colors is a program that is facilitated through the States. And okay. so there's a Canadian company called Personality Dimensions. And because it's Canadian, I, I decided for uh, some other, other reasons too, that I was going to get certified in personality dimensions. And, and again, it just broadened my experience and I have since then become a trainer. So I can train other people to be facilitators of, of this program. Again, based on personality temperament. Right, not now, the color. I keep getting that mixed up. It's, it's okay because True Colors is the American side of it. Um, personality dimensions is the Canadian Got side. Got it, okay. And so they both deal with colors and they're both based on Myers-Briggs and personality dimensions is just a little bit more developed as far as bringing in more information and more research and add to it more introverted, extroverted point, point also. Whereas True Colors wasn't like that. Well, okay. Because I have to say, so I did your, I did your retirement one, and I want to get back into that real quickly. But you brought up introvert and extrovert. Now, the interesting thing is, is I thought an introvert, <laughs> you know, was not necessarily very social. But that's that's the furthest from the truth. An introvert, introversion, extroversion, as I as I understand it, based on what you said, is more about where you get your energy. From. Yes. Yeah. So can you explain that? Because I think that's fascinating. Yeah. So I I just gotta say out loud that the best, one of the best, some of the best trainers I've ever had have been introverted personalities, uh, a preference towards introversion. And it is just where they get their energy. So they come out and be with the public. I mean, the world is an extroverted world. Mm -hmm. I think that there are more extroverted people than introverted. Maybe that's changing, but because people are aware of their own, on who they are, more so than they were maybe even 20 years ago, okay. even 10 yeah. years ago. And so an introverted person goes into themselves to get their energy and get a pumped up to recharge. Recharge. Right. That's a good word. Yes. A great word. Whereas an extroverted person gets their energy from the outside world. So when I, as, as an example, when I did a workshop, you know, I was so energized by that. I went shopping. I went to a mall. <laughs> I went to, like, I could not go home and, and not do, you know, just be quiet. I can't do that. Right. I just, you know, went, I had to go where there were many people. Right. Um, whereas an introverted person needs to back off, recharge, and then come back out into the, the, the public eye again. 
So that for me, when I took your course, that that was sort of an eye opener for me. And I don't know. Yeah, it just was. I thought, oh, because I had a misconception of what introvert extrovert was. And now I'm noticing it because where I work right now, I, I have to you know, work with a lot of speakers. And I notice, you know, one of the things we try to do is we invite them to come and, yeah, we'll participate in this after. And a lot, many, some will come, but there's many who will just say, for probably because they don't have time, but I, I know I know one or two of them, I've noticed that they need to go away just to recharge again. Yes. And, and coming and partying or having a drink or socializing with us is not always, they might do it for an hour from a networking perspective to shake hands, meet people, get to know people, but then eventually they have to go away and leave. Yeah. <laughs> And so, so you're obviously an extrovert person, yeah. and I think that in a in a Myers Briggs um, assessment, it, it will show you how uh, where your preference is. I have a very high preference for extroversion, and I'm finding now at 65 that I am finding meditation, for instance, that's kind of going inside and you know recharging. My my introversion though my going there is quite different from or being quiet is quite different from an introverted person perspective. I can only be quiet from an extroverted perspective. The good news is is that I'm being quiet and I'm actually <laughs> recharging. You know, which is which is really interesting. Whereas my brother, I think we talked about this. My brother is an introverted person who lived in a world of uh, our whole family is extroverted, and so he, you know, when he he was very successful in his job because his extroversion skills were really toned for him. He did have to back off, though, and regroup and and then come back out again. And he was a very, very successful salesperson mm. in in his career. And, yeah, it's just it's, it's kind just of cool being, yeah, knowing that. Now. Well, I love the story you told where you, when you were kids, Jim would want to go into his room and... So I, or just get away. Just get away. Yeah, just get away from us. And so we find them and say, "What's wrong with you? Come on out. Get out of there." <laughs> Poor Jim. Poor Jim. Yeah. But he was in the same session I was in, and that was a big aha for him, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Your extroversion and introversion also will will you know give you a little bit more information on your colors. Which is, again, based on personality, your colors, you know, being an extroverted blue versus an introverted orange, kind of interesting. Yeah. It, it, it's a whole new world out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It is so cool. So, so this course that you're putting on now for retirement, you were talking about SPG Consulting. So you're doing it. Because you said, I love what you said, that you want to retire to something, yes. not from something. Yeah. What do you... It, it is that people identify when they're working, they identify who they are on what they do. Yes, absolutely. So as an example, I was talking to a teacher the other day who actually had a party, and I was telling her what we did with the retirement workshop, 
and and she said that it was that, that was of interest to her because she was a single person whose all her friends were teachers her whole life is around teaching and all her you know she just has, doesn't have any hobbies or she just I, I, I want to be careful with this so she hangs around with what her friends are all teachers it isn't that she doesn't do anything she does a lot of things it's just around this this notion of of who she is 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 a teacher yeah and I can get that completely because when I was in the tech field well, even now, when I was in the tech field, I was Debbie Mann from 3Com. I was account exec. I was Debbie Mann, account executive from 3Com. And then when I left 3Com, I was lost. Like I wanted, I was taking a sabbatical, and I was, I had no identity anymore because I was no longer Debbie Mann, account executive from 3Com. I was Debbie Mann, and I put so much emphasis on my identity as being this job, this title, this company yeah. that. I really was lost with who I was. And even now I, I work for like a not-for-profit, but I'm, and so if I take that away from myself, like who am I without that? And so that's why I like what you're retiring to as opposed to what you're retiring from. And so that's how this, that's how this course was born, right? I, yeah, for me it was. Yeah. This is how this course was. So my journey was... Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I'm just, I, I took um, a course probably two years ago. Okay. And it was personnel dimensions. I had been certified in 2011, maybe? No, seven. 2007. And and still kept with my old assessment of true colors. Instead okay. Of going to the to the using the new assessment for me, education was just about that. It, it's being educated, doing training programs, so, so to give me a more better grip on were you know on personality. Right. Information yes. was power for me. I took this course in 2017. Mm-hmm. And realized that you're taking the course. The reason why I took the course was the one of the developers, one of the, the people who developed this, this assessment, was giving the course. So I just wanted to see how she did it and pick up some tricks of the trade. Realizing after that I was actually certified to be a person that could give workshops in that area. And from that learned that there was a retirement workshop and so I was looking into that and was talking to my brother about how I thought that maybe I would look into that further because what I needed to do for me it wasn't I am what I do as much as I do 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 I was a workaholic mm. I and I and I love that I thrived on that and what I realized in that is that I was getting closer to retirement and I had to get balanced okay and so I think that that's part of the workshop also is balancing yourself and also having an opportunity after taking this workshop to start introducing other things in your life other interests other passions in your so when you do retire it's just not golfing uh, you know uh, 
24-7. It's not, you know, you have to have, I believe you you have to have that that extra, that balance. Right. You can't just quit work and not have that going on in your life. It Work just is another word. And, and what we call it is retirement with a hyphen, retire. It's retiring your vehicle. It's just retiring your vehicle so that you can move on to bigger and better things with passion. I've done, you've done it. Well, so let me go back here. I've done the launch and I just discovered some things about myself in it, like that I'm a high blue and gold, I think. Yes. You know better. I'm a high blue and gold. Blue being... Blue is the authenticity, the helper. Okay, the helper. And gold is the organizer, yes. right? Yes, yeah. Okay. And so that is interesting from uh, from what I do for a living because I am a networker and I love, you know, reaching out to new members and existing members to let them know what's going on. But I'm also an organizer, but only to a certain degree. And I find that like, I'm not, I'm detailed, but I'm not so detailed. <laughs> There's some flexibility in it for me. Whereas I do know some high orange or some high golds that, you know, their dot, their eyes need, their, their eyes need to be dotted. Their T's need to be crossed. I can sometimes be a little lax on that, which bites me in the bum sometimes when I'm running a conference. But but I know when it's not done, it drives me nuts. Here's the thing, though. I think that you can you can bring up whatever skill level you needed in the moment right. to succeed. You just can't sustain that. Got it. So if, if you need to do a, do a lot of research and that color, which is green, is, is your least preference yeah then it doesn't mean that you can't do the research it'll just be that you can't sustain that that's not that a job be that a, you'd want to do for, would be like set five days a week yeah. eight hours a day right. Got it. Right. okay but you'll get the information you need plus i think that you would hire or get help from people who have the skill level that you need right to make that successful so whereas your organization may not be high mm-hmm. y- you can give out the what you need as right. far as I mean your organization may be okay this is what we need to do we need a, a as an example a, a location and you, you get you get people to help you With succeed in, in in bringing this together for you. So there's blue, there's gold, there's orange, orange and green. Right. So blue is the so is the helper. Yeah, yeah the helper or the uh, the harmonizer. The harmonizer. Yeah. The gold. The gold is the um, organizer. Okay. The orange is the research per or the the salesperson, the person who's spontaneous. Okay. Hard to hold oranges down okay. sometimes. And gold. And oh, green. No. Green. Green is the person who's going to get that correct information for you. The the, the researchers. Got they're it. the engineers in your life. They're okay. the 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 people who do. The, make sure that the data is correct they they analyze stuff and you need all four colors to make a team work that's for sure okay and within those four colors you can you are either an introvert or an extrovert yes now within is there in in the work that you've done that let's say 
green is more introverted, has more introverts than let's say blue, or it, it just doesn't, that doesn't apply? No, I think that more and more people are understanding that if you work in a, in, in an environment where you have to be quiet and it put your nose to the, the grind, then you're going to be more of an introverted person. Okay. I think that as people are, are doing these assessments and knowing a little bit more about themselves, they can expand on who they really are. Let's see, as an example of that, it might be that, you know, I'll give you an example of my mom. Mm -hmm. My mom took my workshop, a True Colors workshop, when she was 75 years old. Okay. In her generation, growing up in the 30s and 40s, in her generation, it was an assumption that you were going to be a mother and you were going to make sure that you did matronly duties, take care of your husband, take care of the kids, take care of the house. And so that is a real high skill level for gold, you know, because they're just so organized and, and honestly, everybody needs a gold person in their life for sure. <laughs> my mom realized when she was in my workshop that she was not gold, that she was actually blue. And what, which was the person who made sure that everybody was, that, that if there was any conflict within the family, she was there to calm it down, calm it down and pull people together. Yes, yes, absolutely. Authenticity. And she actually knew my dad's, my dad was a manager. She actually knew all his staff, how many kids they wow. had, what their ages were and birthdays. You know, it was just like she was, she, she brought the personality into the personal, not the personality, the personal stuff into why she was so successful being my dad's right hand person because right. she could she knew all about these facts and 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 people like that they sure do yeah and she was talking about in the workshop how she had run over a squirrel 30 years ago and she still felt badly about it because they probably had a family you know it was just it was and realizing too that like her second she sustained the role of uh, matriarch in our family because her second color was that okay it's gold. of a gold yeah uh, so she was a blue gold so it was it was just quite an, uh, an aha moment for her, for sure. That's great. Yeah. So within, so the retirement courses that you're doing, how are you finding people are responding to it? So one of the courses that we're doing actually is um, relationships okay. in retirement. Because you will be, could be married to a person for 40 years, but never actually spend 24-7 with them right. before. Right. So it, it is about that relationship building and where to move on. You know, it's interesting. The statistics for divorce right now is um, age 70 and over. Is really? The highest. Yes. And I think that there is a... There, is that because of retirement? I don't know. It, it It's just interesting. It me. really is. You know, I know when my dad retired a very long time ago, her home was her domain. Yeah. Right? And dad's work was his domain. Yeah. And then when he came home at five o'clock, there was another routine. And when they had kids, it was a routine. And then when they were, were empty nesters, you know, they had 
created another routine. Yeah. But when my dad retired, it drove my mom nuts. Yeah. And she would she would have errands for him, and she would make errands up for him because all of a sudden her day, how she ran her day was disrupted because he he wanted to help her all the time. What do you need? What can I do? And it yeah. I'm, who knows how they survived it, but they did, you know, and I do remember at the end of their, when my mom was sick, at the end I was staying with them and, you know, they had separate rooms, but every night my dad would go in, he'd sit at the end of my mom's bed, they would talk about their day, he would kiss her goodnight, and then he'd go into his room. And I just thought, wow, all that challenge over, you know, 60 years of being married, that's, you know... And, I, and couples, like, people are living longer now. Yes. So yeah. gone are the, the days where you, you, you hardly ever people reach 50 years married because they're usually gone. have gone by the yeah. past. And are, like, you know, it, my grandmother was, I never had grandfathers because they always, they <laughs> died. <laughs> it was just kind of interesting. So now with medicine, with People are living a lot longer, and all of a sudden they are in these uh, longer relationships. Longer relationships, like they, it, it isn't you know people being together fifty and sixty years now. It, right. It bless them for reaching that. Yeah. But, and in my experience, and my friends' experience, and other people that I know, it's after forty years of marriage, people split up. That's wild. Yeah, it, it's wild. Because they could have another 25 to 30 years of life, and so this isn't what they want. That's amazing. It is. It's it's very Great. cool. It is. Yeah. And so you've got these courses that you're offering on, like, all different stuff, right? Yeah. Like all different aspects. After the that, reorg, because people sometimes don't choose to retire. Yeah relationships and retirement we're not we're not about the money part of retirement right the money has to be you have to know or have some idea that you're solid that that. you've taken care of that end of it right you've taken care of that end of it so some people that are coming to our courses have to work right and so here's an opportunity of doing something that you're passionate about in a case of a, a gentleman that I worked with, um, he didn't want the the stress of work anymore. He wanted just to work in retail. And so, you know, we he's working at Bass because he loves fishing. <laughs> That's great, <laughs> though. Or home hardware. Right. You see a lot of retired people right. working there. Because, because they're, they're fulfilling their passion. Yeah, yeah. and they... Yeah. they it could be two things. They are what they do, or the, their passion is, yeah, I, you know, I'd like to get into a little bit of telling other people how they can. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for doing this with me. Hey. I-